Doom. I'm Dylan, and join me as we look back on the rich history of Doom Metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers. Every week, we'll have a different guest to spin their yarn. Uh, you can follow us on our website, diaryofdoom.com. Follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. Follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, whatever sketchy podcast you know website you use to listen to it. And uh, if you have a question or whatever, you can uh, fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com. Uh, joining us for this week's chapter is uh, none other than Lord Bale himself, <laughs> or Bale as I'll probably just wind up calling from uh, the band She, She, uh, She, She. Yeah, you she. got it. So- sounds exactly like you know She, She, yeah. her. But, yeah, but yeah. with an I. Um, yes, exactly. So it's yeah. not, and it's not shy. <laughs> no, it's not shy. And you know, for the longest time, um, when we first got started, a lot of uh, a buddy of ours from a band here in the the jerry actors he would always refer to us as she hyphen kanji symbol um just because that's how it was on facebook that's how it is on spot it's still all like that on facebook and on on spotify but it's harder to just type in the kanji for she than it is to just type out the you know the roman letters for shi so you know whatever but yes it is just she (laughs) it's what's funny though shy does sound like it would be a good name for like a like uh maybe not like aggro uh doom yeah. metal band <laughs> I, I could hear like some shoegazing stuff going yeah. on in there like like lots of uh reverb and delay and you're playing through a fender twin with a telecaster and the other guitarist has a, a vox ac30 and uh and yeah and you just get sad and you've bought a lot of guitar pedals exactly and, and there you are hey what's up we're shy uh thanks for coming out pittsburgh <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you uh, this this band, uh, she is not from uh, Pittsburgh or from no. uh, Louisville, Louisville. Yeah, Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. Yeah, there's no real there's no real right way to say it. I mean, some people will say that there is, but like, man, you get you get every. Um, every well, I'm sure generation. you have. I, you're. I feel like uh, you know the way you're saying it. It's like you know Louisville is. Yep you know i'm sure just like regionally impossible for people from the northeast to say it so yeah. like i feel like uh, i mean i would call it louisville kentucky even though yeah. it says Louisville, and i'm sure yeah. there's some square out there that says Louisville. Louisville. yeah so i think everybody but knows you're that and mean. understands you're that <laughs> yeah, mean. Yeah, like I'm what saying. my you know what my parents think i they... am what my you know what i think i am like that's what i actually just... am yeah no i mean Lou, i i've I'm pretty confident that nobody actually thinks it's Louisville, but like the high, the, you know, the high I at the end, the Louis, I mean, that makes sense. Cause it's like, you know, after King Louis or, uh, and such, but like the, um, the best way to describe like, you know, the, the regional or, or how the, the locals would say is you just kind of pour it out. You just Louisville, just, just let it fall on out. But the Louis is definitely the outsider, uh, uh, come in there but i mean that wouldn't that wouldn't be terribly crazy i mean kentucky has got versailles kentucky and yeah. not versailles versailles um you know it's an international state uh you know goshen and all those kinds of things frankfurt you know and, Ver- and versailles so you know but louisville exactly louisville what, kentucky what is like the weirdest uh one you've ever heard has anyone ever just been like oh you're from like lowerville <laughs> no, I think it would probably be Louisville. I think we did have one person accidentally say Louisville. It like not in jest, but like they were like, "Oh, well, obviously it's L O U I S. That's Louis." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, you're not wrong, but in this case, you are." So, yeah, I think Louisville was probably the weirdest one. It's probably like somebody from Montana. <laughs> it might have been uh actually um there was a uh some dudes from over um in the uk that were were doing a review of the album and i think maybe they they at first said louisville and then they're they like corrected themselves they're like wait no like the americans would make this much more silly uh so and then they they got to it but it's like a couple irish guys he's like oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. louisville and it's like that's not what you say no no it's not they're the they're the boys over there drinking uh bourbon instead of whiskey you know and then they're we're just starting an international fight of alcoholism right then and there i've also lost all irish and montana listenership (laughs) (laughs) we'll get them back we'll reel them in we'll be like listen we love bison um 
and we we recognize that that's what those are. They're not buffalo. They're bison. Um, and then they'll be like, oh, these guys are legit. They know. They know the difference. So there's Montana back. And for Ireland, I don't know. We we like shepherd's pie. I like shepherd's pie. I'll, um, I'll just buy them. I'll be like, I'll buy you a drink. And they're just like. Done. Best friends. They're like, make it two. And I was like, all right. <laughs> it's a little rich for our blood, but we can make it happen. You know, like you, uh, you've got a new album out this year. Came out mm-hmm. back in October. It's mm-hmm. called Basement Wizard. Yeah, it's your like first actual album because uh, prior to this, it's all been mostly EPs, right? So there was so we did. Oh, there's one more before this. There's one more. Yeah. So yeah, uh, last last name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Depressive suicidal stoner doom was the first full length album. We put that out right before uh covid uh we put it out in january of mm-hmm. 2020 so january 31st 2020 put that out um we played a couple shows after that um actually uh no it's it's above me back here it's yes, the poster so above this one yeah there's a poster above that one that's oh, you might be able to see it let's see yeah so that that might have been our last in town show our buddies in volcandra had an album release and so uh we played that um, and then we went up to Pittsburgh and we were working on trying to do like a weekend run in May. And we were like on the, on the uh, emails and emailing bookers and whatnot. And like, it got to be early March and some of them were like, no, we're already booked. And some of them were like, Hey, you know, like we're seeing some stuff with this like COVID thing. And like, we're, we're kind of like not booking new things right now. And then we played that show in Pittsburgh and we were driving home and I got an email. We had one other show on the books with, um, I think it's Temptress out of Chicago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And they had emailed us they're like, hey, guys, like Chicago just shut down. We're not going to go on this run. Uh, and so that w- that was it. Right. It was like March 14th or something like that. Yep, March 13th. Yeah. We're just like, well, all right, I guess we're going to batten down the hatches and see what happens. And um, and so, yeah, so we put out that that last record. Over the course of COVID, um, you know, we we kind of isolated for uh, a little bit there, but then we, you know, kind of had the band discussion and said, all right, let's take account of who all we're interacting with on any sort of regular basis. And that pool was very small and relatively healthy and young. Um, and so there was no real high risk stuff going on with, with one exception with our other guitar player, Jace. And so myself, the drummer and the bassist were like, all right, well, we're all comfortable getting together. And so we basically spent most of COVID writing, and that's what uh, mm. Basement Wizard really is, is kind of the the process. Because we we had one song written um, before uh, before we, we went into the COVID lockdowns. Like, the first track off of Basement Wizard, um, uh, uh, Best Laid Plans, we were kind of done writing that at the tail end, or when we put out the previous record. So we kind of wrote nine songs in in the COVID times and then mm-hmm. recorded them and put them out. And here we are. And is it like, was like basement wizard. Cause you were like making it in your basement. <laughs> Kinda. A bunch yeah. Of wizards um, ma- smoking weed <laughs> and making a base, making a record in their basement. Yeah. Our dr- uh, the basement wizard title was our drummer's idea kind of based on that and that theme. Cause he was just like, man, we're just down here hanging out. And like, he's like the idea of like a bunch of nerds, like in their basement, like casting spells and such he's like it's just such an interesting image to paint and he's like and it's really not far off from like what we would describe uh ourselves as again a bunch of nerds just hanging out in the basement and so yeah we're like yeah that's a that's a fun that's a fun it's stupid enough to be like fun and like not too serious but like if you put the word wizard into anything you're like instantly kind of like your doom metal senses go off you're like oh of course wizard. that's that's a doom thing and so we figured that was a uh a good continuation of being relatively clear about what you're going to get when you listen to the record. Well, like leading up to all this, you know, what are your earliest experiences with music? Do you come from a musical background or um, Mm. did you find it on your own or whatever? Oh man. Um, (laughs) How long we got. Um, So the, uh, um, yeah, my parents were not musical at all. Um, Not, not one lick of music in, in my parents side, like some other relatives are a little musical. Um, but not like not ever did bands or anything. They were in marching band or like they played the piano. Um, I, I came to music through um, through a buddy of mine who wanted to start a band in like middle school and was like, I can play drums and our buddy can play guitar. And I was like, well, I'll learn to play bass. And so like I asked for a bass for my birthday that year and like got that. So like I've been playing 
base since like or so that was that was we we were hanging out in middle school but like the actual instrument came in high school and so i've been playing in bands like since high school like shitty like metalcore bands um my first band <laughs> used to cover norma jeans memphis shall be laid to waste um and we played at vfw shelter houses and we're just a bunch of shitty kids um you know hanging out in parking lots but it was fun it was a lot it was a great experience and it, it teaches you a lot about what to expect later on um and then you know i so that was me the the other dudes were never in any bands before before this one um and so whenever we played like our first show, like I, I had played shows and like been in a couple other bands throughout my, you know, twenties and, and up to that point. Um, they had only ever like gotten together, like hung out and like been like, Yeah, man, let's jam and like learned uh, you know, Skinnered covers and whatnot. And so when we played our first show, they were all just like, Oh my god, like what do we do? Like we're playing a show. There's people here, they're gonna watch us and they're gonna think about it. I'm like, Yeah, that's that's part of it, my guys. So um, so yeah, I mean, I've been doing bands of varying types since high school. Um, none of them to any like real success. The closest to that would have probably been the band that I was in before this one. I was in like a deathcore band here in Louisville called Demise of the King. We didn't really like, I get like no real success, but like that was the one that played shows as well. Mm -hmm. um, and like I played in like a, a kind of a straight ahead rock band uh, that played some shows, not a lot, but yeah no so i i would say i have the most experience being in bands um of all of the band members but i mean at this point we've been doing this for six years so now they're all yeah. just just as grizzled veterans as, as i am <laughs> now so we've we've taught them a lot <laughs> uh, uh you know you're talking about like playing in bands and like covering like norma g i mean like did you um, and I'm not trying to say this in any kind of like um, derogatory way. I mean, like, did you were you into that music back then? And like, oh, yeah. and your tastes have just completely like shifted. And like, do you still do you still look back on that and like fondly, or do you like cringe at it, or do you are you still just like no, this still fucking rips? It, it's mixed, right? You know. So like, I'll go back <laughs> and listen. I'll go back and listen to. Um, I try it and hold on to. It's very memey, but like that idea of like, there's no such thing as guilty pleasures, you know, like you right. like what you like and, and own it. But like, I'll go back and listen to some stuff. I'm like, man, like this is pretty rough, but you know, you know, uh, what's a good example of that like uh, the, those first two Azalea dying records, like I'll still go back and listen to those and be like, yeah, man. But like some of that enjoyment is the nostalgia factor. Cause I'll put on like their later career stuff. And I'm like, this just doesn't do anything for me. And it's right. like shadows are security. And like, all the rest of their catalog are basically the same record. Like they, they found the formula and they just kept doing it and that's fine. But like, I don't ever go back to their newer stuff. I go back to like shadows are, and I'm like, all right, right. this is fun. And like, I still kind of, and I can appreciate things in those old, like metalcore genres, just again, having that background in it. If you, yeah, if you gave me a list of like, if you just gave me a list of band names, real and not real for like, these are bands that came out in the last three years. I probably wouldn't know which ones were real and which ones were fake. Um, <laughs> but I'd probably, like, if you put it on, I, I wouldn't turn it off. I wouldn't find it offensive. But, yeah, I mean, as far as, like, old stuff I used to listen to, like, I still listen to The Chariot. Like, they actually, I just picked up. Um, they You're not the first person to talk about The Chariot on here. Their their live stuff, like, their live shows are just nuts. And, like, the, their albums are pretty fun. Um, and they're they're repressing wars and rumors of wars, which has been my favorite album of theirs forever. Um, or I don't think it's a repress. I think it's the only press they've ever done. Um, so I just. But the, that's that. the dude that's in '68 now, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Josh. Yeah. I mean, uh, Josh I, I I I do like '68, and you know they're pretty like um, different they're, from that. They're, oh yeah, I mean I yeah. I actually I I haven't. I don't even know if I like went and listened to a chariot song. I probably just should just so I can like understand what they're about. But like, you know, 68 is like yeah. pretty like, you know, more your mainstream the garage rock. Roll, rock. It's yeah. It's very much like in the vein of the black keys. I think it's a lot better than the fucking black keys, but yeah. it's definitely more in like that black angels, uh, that sort of vibe. But I, I do like it. And it's just like, 
a huge departure from what I imagine their other stuff sounds like. Yeah, the the chariot is one that that's kind of stuck around as far as enjoying them. And if if you're gonna check them out, the uh, that album Wars and Rumors of Wars is one I, I really enjoy. And then the other one is their unsung EP, which was their second release, and they basically took songs off their first album which is very rough around the edges intentionally so and they like polished it up in the studio and like mm. retract everything and redid it all um and it's it's really good and really fun um my band my bandmates do not like any of that old like metalcore stuff like they, <laughs> they actively are just like this is bogus and you're whack for liking it i'm like well man like we don't all like come into aggressive music with like cannibal corpse is the first band like that wasn't me i i found it through like being a a, a sad little sceny weenie boy and listening to under oath so like cut me some slack um <laughs> and, and so I, I i sent them that unsung ep and they're like you know this isn't bad they're like you send us some really garbage stuff from your youth but this is all right <laughs> i'm like well thank you i appreciate it yeah under or not under oath, i don't i don't particularly care for under both anymore chariot still listen to uh, oh God! Why am I uh, every time? I remember I die, we saw Under Oath at, a, at like a, a benefit like oh, show, and like we thought they were fucking awesome because we had just never heard anything yeah. like them. And then I was kind of like, eh, this isn't really for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, again, it has a place in the time. Like as a as a sad, emotional high schooler when they were blowing up, when their only chasing safety came out in what like oh five or oh six. Like I was a sophomore or junior in high school, and I was like man, I wish there was like aggressive music that had feelings too. And then it's like, hey, we're going to play breakdowns and then we're going to sing about our feelings in between them. And I was like, oh, that's me. This is this is what I want. And like, and that that is no longer me. That's not the place and time for me. I'm like, eh. So it doesn't click with me anymore. So right. or that that style doesn't really. Do you think you, there, you could pinpoint a record that kind of changed your perception of heavy music, like kind of towards the direction that you're in now? Um, actually, if so, I know I just said it, uh, or just mentioned them. So re really quickly rewinding, I, I can pinpoint the record that got me into aggressive music at all, which was, mm -hmm. uh, Slipknot's Iowa. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was in, it was very specifically the song new abortion. They used it on a stickdeath.com flash animation video. Oh my I God. Like, I remember stick yeah. death. Yeah. And Jesus like, I, I was listening, <laughs> I was watching this video and it was like, it was it was very it was ter terribly poor taste. It was like very um, xenophobic and Islamophobic uh, post nine eleven. Probably super edge lordy. Yeah, it was very edge lordy, and it was basically just a bunch of U.S. soldiers going over and mowing down yeah. Iraqis, right? And you're just like, I look back at that now. I'm like, whoo, didn't age well, uh, no. but uh, not not at all. But um, but they used the song "New Abortion" on there, and so I picked up the album, and then I was like, ah. Oh, oh my gosh, like I'm an angsty middle schooler at this point, which also kind of says something about the music that Slipknot was making where an angsty middle schooler was like, this connects with me. And it's like, buddy, you're writing music for middle schoolers. Like you, you gotta <laughs> do better. You gotta do better, Corey. But uh, anyway, um, so we uh, like flash forward. So that was the intro to heavy music. I would say the intro into like more extreme or like more aggressive than like the new metal stuff would have been Cannibal Corpse, uh, their live album, mm -hmm. Live Cannibalism. I picked it up because someone was like, yeah, if you want to listen to real metal, you got to listen to Cannibal Corpse. And that was the CD they had at the Sam Goody in town. And so I picked it up. And like to this day, it's still my favorite uh, Cannibal Corpse record. Like it's all the fucking hits from up to that point. It's Corpse Grinder. So it's the better vocalist. And like, it's just fucking mean. It sounds so good. Uh, but yeah, live cannibalism for sure. And then like moving beyond that like into like what we do now and like with doom metal and stuff it would have been uh electric wizards um dope throne uh, mm -hmm. was the yeah, was the the intro for me yeah it's it's so funny with um with cannibal corpse like i know that they're they kind of exist in this weird space between like being like really big but but yep. kind of really still sticking to like the more like underground yeah. stuff like they um like there's a bunch of metal bands that can like cross over and and like kind of into like a different audience and i feel like cannibal corpse like i would put them honestly like probably in like the if you had to boil down like metal to like you know 10 or 20 bands like they're in there i you have to put them in there simply because of how much like controversy that like that and not even like that it's like really deep controversy just because of like how like offensive and gross and how it just like upsets so <laughs> yeah. many people like anytime like somebody would be like 
uh, like people used to accuse me when I was in high school listening to Nine Inch Nails and accuse me of listening to death metal. And it's like, <laughs> what? Like, so just anything that's like dark, yeah. so, like it's Cannibal Corpse, it's death metal, it's about yeah. stabbing, you know, genitals and stuff. I, I would get the same from my parents. They'd be, I'd put on that album in like the car and they'd be like, what is this Screamo music? And I'm like, oh, no, Screamo's a totally different thing, Bob. You just don't understand. Um, <laughs> Yeah, dude. I, I mean, you're right. Like, Cannibal Corpse is definitely, you know, you've got basically, like, the big four of thrash metal, which would, yeah. like, I would put them in that, like, maybe cut Anthrax out as far as, like, wider perception. But people know Metallica, people know Megadeth, and people know Slayer. Um, Cannibal Corpse is, like, right up there with them. I mean, again, they're probably, they are, without question, the most financially successful um, and or, like, widely recognized death metal band i mean shit they were in ace ventura right like yeah how, how much more mainstream does it get than being in ace ventura and like that was purely because fucking jim carrey saw him was like yeah these guys fucking rule um <laughs> and you know they've they've got mainstream appeal and they get on articles and stuff and and shit man they've been doing it for goddamn ever so hell yeah all about it and like anybody that's like one of the discussions i've had several times with some buddies of mine are in our other guitarist Jace as well is like that idea of the, like um, navigating like the bands that are the intro to a genre and whether or not they like actually are that genre. And so the, the prime examples, like a band like cradle of filth, like they were one of my introductions to black metal because they're pretty accessible. Mm -hmm. Like they've got the high pitch vocals, they've got like the instrumentation, but like black metal as a whole exists very broadly around that singular idea but like they were my intro and like he and i have talked several times about like how some of their stuff he's like that's not really black metal i'm like well i mean whatever dude and you know it's it's kind of like we're i don't think anybody could ever say well cannibal corpse isn't really death metal it's like no like they they are death metal they, oh like, yeah they are they death are metal about incarnate. as death metal as it gets my guy where you know you can kind of mix a little bit of like uh what was it somebody somebody goes cradle of filth is black metal they're symphonic metal i'm like all right fine whatever you want to say but yeah cannibal corpse I, fucking I, rules that's the end of, that's that's <laughs> the, 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 the final statement cannibal corpse fucking rules they always will they're great it may have even been before um you know what it was probably death heaven to be honest but i feel mm. it was like i guess my intro but i feel like yeah i guess if it was like it was probably death heaven emperor and um and like uh agaloc well i guess yep. agaloc's not really a black metal band are they i mean i i would i would put them in there so it's interesting you said death heaven because that that is one that we also debated well because that I, one dropped in when i was in college and it yeah was dude like, fucking sun, it, yeah. sunbather came out and it yeah. blew up and like pitchfork was like oh this is the best and so like the old crusty edgelord black metal dudes are all like no if pitchfork thinks it's good then it sucks and i'm sitting there like look man if a record's good, a record's good. Like, hate to break it to you, but fucking Sunbather fucking slays. And my, and Jace, um, I, I think Jace is of the opinion. I'd have to, I wish he was here so I could fight him right now. But he, if memory serves, he basically said it is a good record, but it's not a black metal record. Um, he was like, it is like black gaze or it is like yeah. shoe gaze or it is shoe gaze with screams, but it's not a black metal record. I'm like, all right, whatever. We're splitting hairs now, but um yeah dude i mean death heaven i'm sure is is the slipknot for a bunch of people like that's their introduction to aggressive music and like what better way than to do it with like hey there's like really furiously intense parts here and then there's just this like beautiful shoegaze like again vox ac30 and fender I, twin i feel like they metal. i want to say they played with slipknot too they probably did i mean they're a big band they're yeah. i mean they're topping uh you know record charts and sales figures like Hell yeah, they're gonna put them on. Like if Slipknot's playing, like is if Slipknot is smart, they're booking them on their shows. I mean, look at fucking Knocked Loose, right? They're a, another Kentucky slash Louisville band. Like they're fucking playing breakdowns and like they went on tour and opened for Terror, and then like two years later, Terror is opening for Knocked Loose. Like if you're smart, you put the band that is fucking big on your bills. You want that draw, and so all all the more power to them. So oh yeah, totally. But anyway, I'm kind of. I digress from there. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just funny how you like can go. It's there's sort of like a nice way to get into like heavy music, but like I, me and my stupid ass brain in, in college was like, yeah, let me go for like the incredibly like bleak, uh, massive expanse of like, <laughs> yeah. you know, those kinds of like atmospheric black metal bands where you can't even understand what they're saying. They're just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah and i'm just like laying in bed like probably stone being like what is wrong with me you know 
At least um, just turn the reverb all the way up on the vocals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How did you like go about you know putting together your band, uh, uh, She? And uh, just should note that you know you talked about it earlier. Like She is not a worship band to Mr. Jason She of ASG, which I was <laughs> no. just like, God, oh, man, that would be really such a niche reference. It really would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, no. Um, it uh, so the band name is just because I took four years of Japanese in high school, and I am a big nerd, and I was like, hey, man, like let's come up with some some name in Japanese, and like the simplest, lowest common denominator thing was death, right? I mean, shit, like that's the fucking you know classic death metal band, right? And so I was like, well, that'd be cool, and it's just this nice one word, one syllable phrase. She um, conjugates out into death in any different number of ways and so i was like well we'll just call it that um yeah the band formed i was playing bass with our drummer tyler in another band which was more of just like your straightforward like like metal band like like not really a good subgenre descriptor of it and we were playing in a band called fire of hephaestus that didn't really do anything just kind of got together for a couple months but um, maybe like a few months into it, I, I messaged him. I was like, Hey man, like I have been wanting to kind of do some kind of like a stoner doom or like a post metal, like an, uh, like an, Og, not an Oglock, uh, Amon Ra style thing. I was like, would you want to come over and like, just like jam with me so I can like kind of flesh out some of these ideas. And he's like, yeah. So he came over and we just kind of like dicked around and like, I'd heard dope smoker for the first time relatively recent to that. And so I was like, Hey man, like, like, let's just like you want to just fucking like just riff on something simple like dope smoker. And he was like, yeah, sure. And so uh, that's kind of how we got connected. And then he invited uh, our bassist Zach over. Cause I was like, well, you know, we're, we're enjoying this. Let's see if we can find someone to play bass. And he was like, my buddy Zach plays. So he came over. Um, and so that was kind of the first iteration of the band was just us three doing like sleep and electric wizard and wind hand style stuff. And then in 2017, we invited or they I was like, I want to get another guitar player so that we can fill out some of that space. And like if I'm taking leads, then someone else is still doing guitar stuff or like we do some harmonies. And so they're like, well, our buddy Jace is like familiar with Doom and like he likes the, the Electric Wizard stuff. And so I was like, well, let's have him over. And so he came over um, and he's been playing with us since then. So we're, you know, kind of in that rare spot of never having swapped members out. Like the lineup has basically stayed consistent for the past six years, seven years. Um, when only the only change being bringing in Jace in mm -hmm. 2017. So, so yeah, you know, we, we kind of did, did that thing um, up until about 2019, give or take. We kind of had the internal debate and discussion amongst ourselves where up to that point, we kind of bounced around from Doom style to Doom style, um, kind of between the Wind Hand and Electric Wizard and a little bit of that Weed Eater stuff that we kind of do now. And I was kind of like, man, we need to pick one. We need to solidify and kind of coalesce around some kind of Doom idiom. And um, I kind of said you know the one that feels the best to me and I, I have the easiest time writing is the weed eater stuff um at that point i think we had two songs uh, that are both on the first record we had the that song dssd and then we had green death at that point and i said let's let's try and write in that vein and so that kind of is where we went with the first record and then that helped us really i think refine it from that first record to this most recent one from last month basement wizard um, I think we really like honed in. We know what we want to sound like. Um, we can kind of do it. So that's that's the history of us. <laughs> I like it. You're like the sludge the sludge metal uh, take yeah. on death without being a death metal band at all. Maybe it's just like a region. Maybe it's just like you know a regional thing. It, it it could be, you know, something I noticed. Like you, I kind of have like a certain southern humor edge to your music and it's like you're not the only band that but does it and there's like even some like spoken sections that i i don't really know how to describe it other than like it just has this like weird little yeah. so, like southern tip to it like <laughs> i know kentucky's not really the south but it's like it's it's know, as far it's as far south as you can go and still be north and it's as far north as you can go and still be south like we're we're <laughs> yes. we were a a neutral state actually i think we might have technically been a northern state in the civil war but like 
it, that's that is very uh regional and or like louisville was definitely not in like the confederacy but like the rest of the state were like out in the hills and such so like yeah louisville and kentucky are are kind of this weird enigma of of both southern and northern Mm -hmm. sensibilities so it's a very weird place to be but yeah no i mean the the southern thing is mostly just like you know fuck man open three five six on a guitar just sounds good that's that leonard skinnerd riff that's that southern rock shit and we all like classic rock stuff and it sounds fun and then, like, again, like the spoken word stuff and the sense of humor to it is just we're a bunch of nerds hanging out in the basement. Like we're gonna, <laughs> we're trying to have fun. Like, we don't take it too terribly seriously. So, like, if we're having, if whatever we write is fun, we're like, all right, yeah, keep it. Like, whatever, fuck it. I mean, shit, we have a song called We'll Bang Okay, which is referencing a, a YouTube poop or a, a Machinima video. So, we're just like, <laughs> why not? Fuck yeah, let's do it. That's awesome. Um, yep. Yeah. And, you know, you all obviously, you know, you echo that um that sound uh pretty well in your music you know that it's like a mix of sludgy fuzz you've got like kicking 70s guitar solos though which are like a lot of fun you know like it's not super it's not like the muddiest uh uh sludge because i can tell that you still want to like like you said have some fun you know you put like you put a little bounce in it like i was um I just talked to another band recently, uh, Doomsday Prophet from uh, Raleigh, and we got okay. into like a whole long chat about like the slug, the Southern Sludge pathway, and like I kind of get the same you know sort of vibe from you guys. That, like you know you're kind of talking about some like weird morbid shit too, but in like a yeah. you know a weird way, and it's kind of just a funny juxtaposition against your quote unquote brand of depressive suicidal <laughs> stoner doom like do you just have to look at the morbid shit like kind of funny to make hey, it work life's too short to to stay too serious about it all like we're just reco- we just recognize the futility of it all we're just like ah fuck it let's just have a hams and play some bouncy riffs now <laughs> but yeah i mean it's uh yeah it's it's always been kind of an interesting juxtaposition between those those two ideas um and like lyrically and, and such, you're right. Like it, it gets very bleak and dark in places. Um, but then, yeah, like you said, it, it, the next song, like on that first record, right on DSSD, um, you know, it's very bleak and heavy. And then like the last three songs are just like a story, like a narrative story. I was like, yeah, let's write a story about a dude who goes into a swamp and gets turned into a marijuana Sasquatch. Why not? Like, and so that's what we did. Like, all right, like you got to do something. So. Um, and I, I, I probably find those songs easier to write the like narrative, just goofing off, tell a story songs mm-hmm. flow lyrically more quickly than, than any kind of introspective or honest songwriting, I guess, at least for me, I know there are other people that are very good at that, but yeah, it, I have to put in work for that stuff. <laughs> um, but, you know, you also have like this very joyful, uh, interlude on the album, which is like kind of funny but also like i'm sitting here listening to high praise and i'm like jesus christ they've turned into a third wave ska band like there's a saxophone (laughs) out of nowhere yeah yeah uh and it was not the you were not the first saxophone to be heard on a metal album uh lots of trumpet this day it's a trumpet um yeah the uh how much i know yeah, it's all good. The uh, the the sax or not sax, goddamn the interlude. Uh, the interlude was purely just like me having played a bunch of Red Dead Redemption two and being like, "Fuck yeah, we're doing it. We're doing a cowboy Wild West yeah. interlude thing." And like on the first album, it was like a bluegrassy, like a like kind of thing with like upright bass and uh, and banjo and such. And so we we repeated that a little bit with this most recent interlude. So at least there's some historical precedence of like the folk instrumentation and shit. Even on the old EPs. Um, on one of them there's a little banjo break in the middle of no holy men so whatever but um but yeah you know again that's just us being like yeah this is fun why not and then the the trumpet solo was me just wanting to involve my buddy who played it uh our buddy kurt cummings um is a a music teacher and a trumpet player professionally and um i was like man we've got this song and it kind of goes into a deep purple like segment at the end and like i've got a guitar solo and i was like we really need a keyboard solo but we don't know anybody that would want to play like classic rock organ keyboard solo and i was like fuck dude what if we got a trumpet solo what if what if kurt came in and did that and the boys were like no it's gonna sound stupid i was like 
all right, let me let me have him come over and demo it. Like I assure you, it's gonna fucking rule. It'll be fun as shit. And so we did, and I demoed it out with him, and I showed the boys like, oh fuck yeah, that's great. <laughs> so that's I mean that was purely just again us being like, shit, what would be fun? Like what's what's silly? Like we're already in the deep purple mode. Let's just go go whole ham. Well, I mean, it, it it still worked. It was I was not expecting it, but uh, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, I I really uh, did enjoy the record quite a bit. Well, appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and you know, and to just kind of go back to what we were talking about earlier before, like um, you know, you're talking about Kentucky and everything. Like it had obviously has a very rich history of music. You know, it's also right above Tennessee, which, you know, is, a, you know, obviously, you know, you've got Nashville and everything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what so like what has it been like to be a metal band surrounded by like a world of country music and like sort of like that more traditional rock and roll kind of kind of stuff? You know, Louisville, fortunately, has a pretty hot metal mm-hmm. scene um, and, and has for most of the time that I've been here. Um we've we've been very lucky in that like we had other bands maybe not necessarily doom bands we've there's always been at least like one or two like when we first formed our first show was with this local doom band called uh, the mighty Arock. um actually do i have their cd it might be over here it's in this tower somewhere um <laughs> the mighty Arock was this band that was around when we formed and like they'd been playing for a minute they're real good kind of a traditional doom band um and then they they ended up breaking up and, and splitting up and, and reforming as or um, the vocalist at least uh, started this band called Blind Scryer who we're like really good friends with and real tight with and they've been very supportive of us and we try and be as supportive of them as we possibly can be because again they're the homies yeah I mean it's we we really don't feel terribly like out of place just because like the shows mm-hmm. we go to like there's the people that want to go see heavy music and like uh you know that band that we talked about a minute ago volcandra like you know they they're rad and they blew up real good um we've always we've always been very fortunate in that our friends have been in similar bands to us or at least metal adjacent bands in Mm -hmm. the area and so yeah we don't really feel too isolated fortunately here in in louisville at least right now i mean if everybody breaks up all at once then maybe we'll feel feel (laughs) but at, at the moment like between us and like prayer line and blind scryer and volcandra and like not even to start talking about bands from lexington like crop or swamp hawk or storm toker like you know we kentucky's got a a pretty decent little metal thing going at least on the northern portion of the state um although i mean bowling green has a has a couple excuse me a couple really rad like metal bands i think uh isn't sanguisa sagabog uh from bowling green i think Maybe. maybe they're not from there i can't remember no who's from bowling green Fornicus is for sure. They're like a it's just a black metal band. They're fucking mm-hmm. rad. There's another band from Bowling Green that I can't remember the name of. Oh well, I'll, it'll come to me in a minute. But. <laughs> How much like touring have you guys done? And like, have you is it have you been like like in that? I guess my the the real question being like in the time that you have been like touring, you know, like what's been like what's been like a peak moment for you? And then do you have like a touring horror story? <laughs> Man. <clears throat> so we we actually just went on our first tour, which was a long weekend. It was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then home show on Monday. Um, we just did that like literally two weeks ago. Um, it was uh, it was awesome. It was really fun. We'd played out of town before then, like mm-hmm. like one day or two days. Like I think the most we ever did was do like we did Indianapolis on like a Friday or a Saturday. And then we played at home the next day, but like we'd mm-hmm. never done two more than one day out of town. And we always drove home. I don't think we ever crashed out of town except maybe like once, but that was just because I, it was my parents were, were nearby. And I was like, we're going to just stay at my parents or I'm going to stay. And then the other boys, they just drove all the way home. So yeah, a few weeks ago, we just did that run. We hit uh, Alton, Illinois um, and played at a place called the conservatory. Um, and Alton is like just north of St. Louis. Um, it's like 30 minutes outside of St. Louis downtown. Um, and so Alton was really cool. The, the venue, the conservatory was incredible, like really awesome bar, really nice dudes. Um, little pizza spot around the corner from there. Had a great time. Crashed at a homie's house. Um, then we played Evansville, Indiana after that at a kind of a hole in the wall DIY space called The Venue which was which was it's yeah that's just the name of the venue was the venue so you you have to look up the venue evansville um 
to find it. Um, I don't know if they have a Facebook page or not. You can find them on Google Maps, though, so that's nice. That's all we needed. But but we had a good turnout there, and like the we got to play with our buddies from Evansville in Fairy Ring, um, who are fucking rad. Uh, Fairy Ring is so good. And then Rat King, they played their last show. They're going on like a hiatus for a little bit. So they were able to play. So that was, you know, playing with two very similar and adjacent bands sonically, both Doom bands. And then we played Indianapolis uh, after that at uh, Healer. Um, and, and Healer has been one of our, if not our, favorite place to play um, as a band. It is an old, like, strip mall office. And they've turned the office into art installations. Yeah, uh, like some oh, cubic- cool. the cubicles are like you go into one cubicle and it's like all these CRT TVs with like uh, X-rays on them, and then you go into another one, it's just nothing but mirrors, and you go into another one, it's like an old like mannequin, but it's dressed up like a a, a, a mossy giant person. Really cool. Um, and so we got to play there with our buds in Tusk from Indianapolis, who are great, and our friends from Bad Wires were on tour as well, so that we got them on the show. And then we played Cincinnati and and we had we had some challenges with the with the booking person in Cincinnati. We'll we'll leave it at that. But uh but it was a great show. Um had a lot of friends from Cincinnati uh show up. Um played with Cult of Sorrow, who are like a great traditional Doom band, and then Caustic Casanova from DC. Oh yeah. Tour. They old, were able to uh, hop on. old, old friends of the show. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're uh, they're actually playing here in town tonight. I would be out at their show uh, after this, but sadly, again, I've got this sinus thing, so I don't want to go spread those germs. Right. So the other boys are going to be there. But yeah, Costa Casanova was able to hop on, um, and we were able to help them fill that date on their run, which was great. And then Slow Wake from Columbus drove down for that Cincinnati show. So again, like all of our shows on that run were great. We played with awesome bands, and then our home show was, again, at back here in louisville at metal monday which is like a, a staple of the music scene mm-hmm. um at the highlands tap room and and drood from indianapolis was able they were on their way home um, and so we got them on that to help them fill that date because like filling a monday is always challenging but if you're in louisville and if you can get on metal monday like there's no better place to play a monday night on tour than metal monday at tap room it was, a, it was great it was an awesome awesome time the only not even a, really again a horror story other than like some challenges with the booking at cincy and um <laughs> and that that day was we each had one day of like where the road food and like lack of good sleep oh, caught yeah. up to us and like mine was there like sitting there running the door in cincy i was just like oh boy i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do vocals tonight because i'm gonna throw up if i do um and fortunately cool. we got up there and like the minute we hit those first chords, it like all shook and vibrated out of me. I was like, all right, I'm good. Like, let's rock and roll. Uh, and so nothing happened, but it was close. It was very close to being a bad time. <laughs> Just immediate, like show's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, luckily, no, no um, discharges of any type, which was good. No, you didn't summon anybody on stage to piss on them? <laughs> uh, we should have. That would have, I mean, apparently that's the way to get, get the hype on stage. <laughs> Um, yeah, you'll be open up for tool next time. It's like, <laughs> oh, what's the difference? It's a dude pissing on somebody. Hey, man, as long as as long as everybody's a consenting adult in the room, whatever, whatever floats your boat. We're not here to kink shame. You do whatever. <laughs> like that was just the biggest stream of piss I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, then you haven't watched very many people piss, my friend. You gotta you gotta broaden your horizons and watch watch some more piss videos. <laughs> Can't say that I'm, uh, you know really like seeking out the dark depths of <laughs> key videos nor do, making many efforts to try and see what other people are doing <laughs> hey, man, sometimes you just walk around a corner and you, and you just there there they are you're like ah, oh, i guess we're peeing on i the mean i do today. live in new york so i was gonna say shit if anybody's seen the piss it would be you man yeah <laughs> yeah the, the streets of louisville i would imagine are tame compared but maybe not <laughs> i mean i've seen plenty of fucking piss working downtown louisville uh oh man you see all kinds of bodily functions happening working at the uh at the corner of of fourth and market man oh boy great time i don't (laughs) doubt it well now that you're back um from the tour and you know you're kind of going into sort of hibernation mode but um obviously still working on stuff for the band you know like we what could we expect from you as you put it you're going to be cooking on some stuff (laughs) yeah um so we put out a covers ep last year kind of in between writing and like you know we put out the the record at the beginning of the year and then like i was like man we're not going to have this new record done in time for it to be like 
the same time as as the previous one. So where I was like, I want to put something out so that we're filling some of that space. So we self-recorded a covers EP. And it, in going into it, I was like, I don't want this to be a one-off. I want to make sure we come back to it. So I, I made that. So if you, it's on Bandcamp as covers volume one. Um, and so unlike Limp Biscuits, the Unquestionable Truth volume one, this will have a volume two. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so that's probably next on the immediate radar is doing our covers EP. Probably uh, we, we've been bouncing around some themed ideas for it, like what kinds of bands we want to do. So I would expect to have something for that maybe by early, um, early 2022, like February, March. It all kind of depends on how quickly we can learn the songs, <laughs> which is really the key is knowing how to play the songs you're going to record. Uh, and then outside of that, you know, we're um, we haven't really started writing again, but like our drummer loves to write and I, I like just kind of jamming and writing with him. So that's probably coming up not too terribly long. Um, we're going to kind of limit. Um, we're, we're looking to try and do another out of town weekend run in March. Um, but other than that, mostly just focusing on writing and doing this covers thing and just kind of going on to the next one. I mean, we all still generally enjoy each other's company and want to keep playing riffs together so that's what we're going to try and do um, what else have you been listening to lately that you've been um, really digging <laughs> all right let me pull up the old spotify actually i was just listening to tom waits before we got on this call love tom yeah um man last week i spent a lot of time listening to bands that i know so again crop from here uh, or from lexington kentucky right down the road they just put out a new ep like two weeks ago um it's fucking sick crop is incredible um there's a a, a black metal band that uh one of our old buddies nick was in uh, or is in he used to be here in town he moved up to columbus called uh but the band he started up there is called off stinking o-f-s-t-i-n-g-a-n it's just like crusty kind of like straight ahead black metal very simple mm -hmm. guitar stuff but like intentional it's very intentional um and they're they're fucking great there's a, a a rapper here in town. He hasn't put anything out in a while. He might be kind of done, but uh, Touch Armor Class or Touch AC, his stuff is always really really fun. And then our our good buds in Prayer Line um, just put out an album like a month or two ago, um, and they're fantastic, fantastic dudes. All their stuff is like they're like a horror punk band. All their stuff mm -hmm. is themed around horror movies. Um, they're just fun. They're just a really fun band. Um, and that's why we, we like playing with them so much. And they've been homies for, for a long time and, you know, got to support them. So, mo yeah, mo the most recent stuff I've been listening to has all been stuff from the Buds, Buds and Pals. So Nice. Nothing wrong with that. Got to support no. your friends. Um, let's see. What have I been saying? Uh, uh, the there's a new album from uh, Stormkeep which is a black metal band. Uh, they're from Colorado. It's one of the dudes from Blood Incantation. Okay. And uh, they put out an album like last year or two years ago. I don't know. It was good. This one is even better. It's fucking awesome. And it's it's like high fantasy black metal with like oh. little synth. You know, you have like the, the, the dungeon synth in the background yeah. and choruses and they're singing about serpents and citadels. And oh, hell yeah. It's, uh, it's like, it sounds just a little just a little bit shitty but like not like you know total yeah. mayhem worship kind of style yeah. so i loved it i thought it was fucking great um so, so does it sound kind of like nightside eclipse era uh emperor yeah it's definitely more in that vein um okay maybe not as like technical um because okay. i know emperor does it but definitely more like in that vein so all right Fuck um yeah. well produced but still a little bit just just that right right amount of uh rawness to it R really right. fantastic adding, adding that to the queue of things to check out uh, uh dream unending like these are both from 20 buck spin um and dream unending which is uh i forget i know it one i think one half of the project is somebody from two mold again you know oh, 20 fuck buck yeah. spin. um this is they're called they call it like you know dream doom it's i guess it's more like a progressive doom like it's actually not like a type of music that i think i've not heard of before it's got like the the heavy like death vocals but mm -hmm. um a lot more like kind of shoegazy uh fuzzy wall and noise and then just like soaring guitar solos like going from like very slow to like massive like just 
you know, note salad sometimes, but also just like, you know, you're, you would imagine like some dude just like pulling up a sword and it's just like starts shining like very brightly. It's ridiculous, it, yeah. but it's pretty awesome. And, um, so dream I, unending. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's Add like, it. it's great. I, I loved it. It's ridiculous. I would definitely say like, if, if you're into, uh, like dense, heavy music, that's, uh, definitely a, a good pick for you. And then uh, I don't really know what to call this. I guess it's Converge, but I've been seeing. Oh yeah, I did listen to that with as uh, like Converge Chelsea Wolf. Yep, dude. That's um, it's like it's basically just like all the fucking slow songs off the Converge albums, but like back to back to back, and it's awesome. Yeah, oh dude, really it's rips. so good. It's great. It's like, and it's it's crazy to me that I'm like, I can't believe this is the same band that can just dive into like fucking aggressive like blast beats and screaming. Yep. That's that's the the kind of um, variability that I like about Converge. They'll, they'll, they they'll weave that in with their records, but yeah, that new that new album is really solid. It's real fucking good. Yeah, those are probably the three that I listened to this week uh, recently uh, over the weekend that I thought were just like absolutely phenomenal. So nice. those would be my picks. Well, is there anything you'd like to plug or promote at this time? <laughs> the only uh, we'll do two things. We'll we'll plug myself a little bit. We'll shamelessly self-promote that if you <laughs> if you or if any of your followers are are of the gaming mindset or, or watch Twitch stuff. I I stream on Twitch under Lord Bale 88. Um, Excellent. So same same thing there. And then related to that, one of my good buddies, uh, the Reverend Riff, um, Riff Zealot is also on Twitch and he he'll game from occasion, but the real, the real treat that Riff does. And also this artwork here is from, um, from his kid, uh, his, his kid listened to our album and was drawing this. And he goes, what are you drawing there, buddy? And his kid goes, <laughs> I'm, he's like, I'm drawing the music. What does it look like I'm doing? And I'm just like, that's the best story I've ever heard. Can you send me a picture of it? He goes, he goes, I can't send you a picture because, because the kid he goes he insists that i get it printed on a poster that you hang up he insists (laughs) here it is i'm like oh my god what what a a absolute king of a child um but so riff uh streams on twitch under riff zealot r-i-f-f-z-e-a-l-o-t and the real key to his uh uh his streams are on sunday mornings at 10 a.m eastern time he gets on there with the sunday sermon um and riff has a background in religious studies he was on track to be a preacher um and he left left the faith and left the business uh, because he recognized it was a business and so he uh he kind of goes into and we've done all kinds of explorations of the things that they won't talk to you about in sunday school um and like right now he's doing a series of like the hall of heretic heroes and so you know i'm talking about people that like the inquisition were like you're terrible and we're gonna burn you alive and being like so why did they get burned alive um or you know in previous iterations we're like okay what what are biblical angels actually like like in the text and like Mm -hmm. talking about how cherubim are just a wheel of eyes and you're like yeah if you saw that you would you would probably die from fright as opposed to being like stoked (laughs) um and and yeah so it's it's been lots of fun um and and he's very open to suggestion and he takes requests and it's great it's a good time it's an interactive sermon it's kind of like going to church but you get to actually ask questions while it's happening and the guy isn't gonna bullshit you um so it's a wonderful time so can't can't recommend riff zealot enough and he's been a a big supporter of the band and, and helped us out in in many ways so those those would be my two plugs if you go to twitch.tv slash lordbale88 or slash riffzealot both of those are are time well spent in my humble opinion and you've got a band too <laughs> yeah exactly and the band and us she so we're we're rocking all over the place so where can uh just she.bandcamp.com and that's where they can uh, find she, you oh yeah that? sorry yeah she louisville s-h-i-l-o-u-i-s-v-i-l-l-e she louisville.bandcamp.com or facebook.com slash she louisville and that's where you can find all things she related yep yep uh, that, everything's pretty well tied together not a lot of bands named she out there so we were able to snatch she louisville up and and you can find us yeah instagram facebook Bandcamp, no twitter but whatever it's all right you're not missing anything yeah we're not missing anything just some fighting exactly (laughs) awesome well uh, yeah go check out the record uh she is really good and their album basement wizard is also very good so thank you for coming on the show appreciate it. thanks for having me man i much appreciate the the kind words and allowing us to spend some time here it's a wonderful chat yeah for sure 
And uh, if I ever uh, make my way out to Louisville, uh, I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> yeah, man, just give a shout. Got the spare bedroom. Uh, our bassist just bought a new house. We got plenty of rock and roll space. Awesome. Well, that'll do it for this chapter of Yeah.